Warning, this episode contains adult language, mature situations, emo main characters, bubbly over positive love interests, a dramatization of a historic disaster, Taisho period family drama, and absurdly long hair. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Listener discretion is advised. Episode 458, Taisho Otome Fairy Tale. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Spark and Manga Review, some podcasts and vanger reviews about connectly enhanced narratives. I'm your host, Zan, saying konnichiwa, aloha, bonjour, and what's up? Hope all of you are doing well out there and hope things are going good for you. I'm doing pretty good. Things are going exceptionally well and I'm excited because I've got some good news that I'm actually going to be sharing very soon. I can't bring it yet, but soon you will know this big news because it's huge and I'm very excited, but I just want to be safe before I say anything else. But if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. Spirekin, or some podcast and reviews about connectedly enhanced narrative, is a weekly podcast where we talk about various nerdy topics. Depending on the episode you're listening to in the podcast, there's different subjects from movies, mangas, TV shows, animes, and since the manga review, obviously we're talking about manga. I tell you the art style is, the overarching plot, the characters, the production quality, and most importantly, if it's worth investing your time in or not. You don't have to agree with anything that I and my co-host say, but we try to be educational, enlightening, exciting, and most importantly entertaining you can check out any of our earlier episodes at www.spirekin.com we're also on facebook twitter instagram spotify youtube stitcher and various other social media sites and if you enjoy what you hear support our patreon to help us create more fun content for you to enjoy each tier has different rewards and you're guaranteed things like free episodes and tons of behind the scenes content so check that out and if you have any questions or con- comments or concerns, you can email me personally at Zan, that's X-A-N at Spirekin.com. Tweet me at Spirekin, or if you go to our Apple podcast site, you can leave a comment and let me know how I'm doing. So I think that's all the things that I need to talk about, so let's get to it because I'm here to talk about manga and recommend it to you, and that's what I'm going to do. So if you remember from the last episode of the Spirekin Manga View, I spun that one, that only, the Wheel of Manga. And it dictated on to be there viewing a manga that was written by Sana Kurioka and published by Shuisha. It's released in Jump Square magazine, and its imprint is Jump Square SQ. It's a shonen series. Its original run was July 4th, 2015 to September 4th, 2017. There are five volumes. And there are two sequel series. One of them is taking place 10 years after the series is done. And the other one takes place further past that. And the manga we're talking about is a historical romance that is known as Taisho Otome Otoge Banashi or Taisho Otome Fairy Tale. So this is a historical manga which takes place in the 10th year of the Taisho era, which is late 1921. And our main character, Tamihiko Shima, is the second son of the wealthy Shima family. But his life has been turned upside down after he was involved in a car crash that claimed the life of his mother. And more importantly than that, he's lost the use of his dominant arm. Now he's seen kind of worthless by his calculating father who gives a run for the money as worst manga dad ever. Like, I think he's a little bit better than Gendo Ikari, but not by much. So he's a piece of garbage. And because of that, he has decided to say that his son is dead, and because it would be shameful to the family if they disowned him outright, he instead sends Tamahiko to live in their family villa in the mountains of Chiba, where no one will find him out of public view. And maybe he'll find himself do something, because he's kind of depressed, but whatever. So, Tamahiko being exiled from his family and living alone in a huge, scary villa, 
he has resigned himself to the idea that he's going to die alone and forgotten, and he's kind of suicidal and depressed. However, one day, someone knocks on his door, he opens it up, and there is a girl with red hair who's very pretty who announces that she's going to be his living caretaker, and then when she gets a little bit older, she's going to be his wife. This is Yuzuki Tachibana, or Yuzu, who is a young girl who was purchased from her impoverished family to pay off her debts of the very large sum of 10,000 yen, which in the 1920s was an absurdly large amount of money, like ungodly large amount of money most people lived on probably a sen for a week so it's kind of impressive that that much was spent to pay her debt but i digress and so yuzu ends up being uprooted and now living in this new role as the caretaker to tamahiko she ends up throwing herself into this role and fixing things and making him more positive and seeing the outlook of life and enriching everybody she interacts with now, since this does take place in 1921, there's actually a countdown from the first chapter to when the event occurs. Now, what event am I talking about? I'm talking about the Great Kanto Quake. The Great Kanto Earthquake, or the Kanto Daijin, Kanto Ojinsen, was an earthquake that happened around 11.58 in the morning, Japan Standard Time, on Saturday, September 1st, 1923. So about a year and a half after the series begins. And this earthquake shook the Kanto plain on the main Japanese island of Honshu, which is where this takes place. And it was a magnitude 7.9 earthquake. So this was devastating. And it was really horrific that happened. There's destruction all throughout Kanto. And the worst part is that this happened during lunchtime. So people are cooking dinners. They live in wooden houses. The earthquake happens. And because people are cooking dinner, there's fire up. Lots of buildings light on fire. So there's fire storms, fire whirls, and tons of damage being caused by this situation. The casualties were around 105,000 to 142,000. Some people were incinerated immediately, like there was 38,000 people who were incinerated after taking shelter after the earthquake because of how bad it was. There were flooding because of water mains breaking, there was a typhoon. It's pretty bad, and people were massacred. It's a very disturbing and sad situation. And the reason why the story is set during this time is because we see how things occur during this. Because it starts off with the romance of Yuzu and Tamahiko and them getting together. And him being drawn out of his shell by Yuzu because Yuzu cares about him and treats him well. And she helps him realize the good in life and be the best he can be. And the fact that he can't use his right arm isn't a disadvantage. He tries it. But then Yuzu's best friend from the school she was raised in got married is pregnant she ends up going there she admits that she's in love they're in love with each other at this point and the earthquake happens and he freaks out he's like oh god what happened is she dead is she alive and he ends up getting dressed putting on the gift that she bought him which made him actually which was a scarf and a hat and walks from chiba to kyoto to find her and he ends up helping people and doing the best he could be. And he, he's been shunned by the townspeople near him because he's a recluse. He doesn't want anyone to deal with him. And he ends up having all the people who are in the town who've lost their homes because of the earthquake stay in my home. My home was safe. Live there till I get back. 
You'll be safe there. Fix your things. I'll take care of it. So he's being really altruistic. And Tamahiko ends up going and looking for his bride and the woman he loves. And it's really endearing and heartwarming and showing how he's grown since then. There's more to it than that. I'm not spoiling everything, but this is the big part about it. Is the fact this takes place during this event, this horrible event that occurred. And showing the plus side of it. Because there's tons of other characters and lots of other stuff going on. Because besides Tamahiko and Yuzu, there's his siblings. I mean, you have uh, Tamako, who's his baby sister, the youngest in the family, and she's kind of bratty and domineering and completely used to the luxurious life. But after meeting Yuzu, she ends up reconciling with Tamahiko and becomes a doctor. She betters herself. And then the eldest child, he's the heir to the family. He gets injured during the Great Kanto Quake. And then because of some stuff that happens with his younger sister, he passes away. And speaking of the younger sister, this is the second eldest child who is the most horrible person ever. This is Tamayo. And she's just as ruthless as her father, and she's the one that will do anything to get in daddy's good graces. And I mean anything. She just wants nothing but her dad's attention and approval, and she wants to be the head of the family. And she does some really heinous things. The sequel series is about her adopting a kid and just being really abusive she gets what's coming to her but it's like she's a horrible person and then the other child is tamau who is the fourth child of the shima family so the second youngest but more importantly than that he's an illegitimate child because he's the uh son of their paternal uncle and their mother so this is a whole big thing and i know i'm spoiling a lot of this but I'm not getting into the actual story itself because there's so much more than that. You find out about the things with the family throughout the series and later on. But the main thing is it's about Tamahiko coming to terms with what's going on to him. Him getting disowned and said that you're going to be dead. To him being like, oh wait, you're the oldest now, so you're going to be the next heir. And him dealing with the love of his life, Yuzuki. And will they stay together? Will they be allowed to be together when uh, Tamahiko ends up getting back in the quote-unquote good graces of his father, who's a piece of garbage. Like I said, his dad, he values money and power. That's it. That's uh, Tamayoshi Shima. And he just cares about privilege, doesn't care about his family at all, and just a really bad guy. And there are some heartwarming moments, some sad moments, and it's really well done. Now, besides the story, let's talk about the art style. The art style is really unique and it's done really well for this fairy tale it's touching and just i like the character design you can tell who everybody is there's some other characters involved including a thief who robs him of his first christmas present from yuzu tamiko and she's really cool you have her three little brothers who are hellions you have this uh singer who's a modern singer from the 20s who everyone likes. You have her brother, who was her partner but isn't. And everyone has a unique design, and the backgrounds are done great. And the sequence during the Kanto earthquake is horrifying and eerily beautiful. Like, the designs are really well done. Some are photorealistic, and some just... It's it's heartbreaking seeing all the things, like seeing everyone in the town square putting signs up. Have you seen this person? Uh, where are they? Let us know if you do this. We're staying at this location. Or if you f- need to find me, I'm here. It's just, it gives this hopelessness of what really happened during this time. Because 
Most people don't know about the Great Kanto Earthquake and what happened outside of Japan. And it's a really horrific situation. And then you put in the context that that happened. And then 20 years later, you had Hiroshima and Nakajima, you know, the atomic bombs. They went through some shit over the, the period of time. So, yeah, it's kind of sad. But the art style fits this period so well. And you get so many nice moments. And beautiful moments and sad moments. I love this art and I love this story. Now, here's the kind of negative thing about this. I would talk about the production quality, but I only have the Japanese Tonkabon. Uh, this has not been officially licensed in the United States. The anime has been released for the first half of the series. I don't think we're getting the second half of what happened after the earthquake, which is all the stuff with the sister and the brother and him getting reaccepted into the family. We're not really going to get that. But the main thing we do get is the basic story that's been released as an anime. You can watch it on Crunchyroll and Funimation. But overall, I digress. So it isn't commercially available. You can get the Tonkaban. I use Google Translate whenever I get one of these Tonkabans to read it. But overall, Sana Kuroka's story of two people who are kind of different, falling in love with each other, is heartwarming and engaging and setting it during this very important time in Japanese history makes this really unique. And for all those reasons, the negatives and the positives, I have to give this a borrow from a friend and don't return unless offered Pocky. This is a really great manga. It's our second highest rating. And the only reason why it gets dinged down from really, really, really cool is that you can't get this unless you buy the Tonkabon. However, what I recommend is petition to Viz Media to pick up this manga because this was released in Shonen Jump Plus. Uh, so definitely petition them to license this manga. It's a great story, and it's one I highly recommend. If we get a legitimate release, I will totally bump this up to really, really, really f cool. But for right now, this one gets a ball from a friend. I highly recommend checking this out. The Tonkabon is really well done and if if you have to you could find it in open waters if you know where to look but that's not the point the point is checking this series out even if you just watch the anime it's really good it's heartwarming and it's just a little bit sad it's that nice mix and that's what i have to recommend for this now, if you've read this, check this out or watch the anime. Let me know what you think. Email me, zanspirekin.com or tweet me at Spirekin. Let me know your thoughts on this series. If you think it was as good as I'm saying or if you thought it was not as good, let me know. So with that in mind, let's get to the manga releases for the week. So these were released on March 8th, 2022. We have 20 new titles that came out. First off, we have Animal Crossing New Horizon Volume 2, Blood on the Tracks Volume 9, Chillin' in Another World with Level 2 Super Cheat Powers, the manga Volume 3. Do You Like Big Girls, Volume 3. Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro, Volume 10. Fly Me to the Moon, Volume 10. Freerin, Beyond Journey's End, Volume 3. Grand Blue Dreaming, Volume 15. How a Realistic Hero Rebuilt the Kingdom, the Light Novel, Volume 14, which I'm very excited to pick up. I'm the Evil Overlord of an Intergalactic Empire, the manga Light Novel, Volume 2. Kirby Manga Mania Volume 4, Mal Volume 4, Pokemon Journey Volume 2, Surviving in Another World with My Mistress, The Light Novel Volume 2, The Dragon Knight's Beloved Manga Volume 2, The Haunted Bookstore, Gateway to a Parallel Universe Volume 1, 
When Will Ayumu Make His Move, Volume 4? Who Wants to Marry a Billionaire, Volume 2? World Trigger, Volume 23? And then finally, Yakuza Lover, Volume 4. So which of these are you most excited for? Me, personally, I'm excited for Who Wants to Marry a Billionaire? When Will Ayumu Make His Move? The Haunted Bookstore? Survival in Another World, Mao, How a Realistic Hero, Grand Blue Dreaming, Freerin, Fly Me to the Moon, and Blood on the Track. So actually a lot of these I'm excited for this week. It's some fun stuff. Let me know which ones you are most excited for, and let me know what your thoughts are. So anyway, we're getting to the end of the episode. As usual, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. You're all really awesome and awesome. All of you are great. To all my society members, hope you're doing well and hope things are doing great with you. And I'd like to thank you all for being as awesome as you are. If you have any questions or comments or concerns, email me zanspiker.com. Like, share, and subscribe. And let's get to that part you've all been waiting for. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about that one, that only, the Yes, friends, the Wheel of Manga, except no substitute. Now, what is the Wheel of Manga? The Wheel of Manga is a Wheel of Fortune with 10 slots on it. And what I'm going to do is I put a manga tile in each of the 10 slots. So when I spin that one, not only the Wheel of Manga, whatever slot it lands on, whatever number it lands on, that's the manga I'm going to review in the next episode of the Spark and Manga Review, episode 459. Yes, we are 41 away from episode 500. And I'm excited to see what we're going to do. And let's spin and see what's going to happen. Number three. So we're going to read an oldie but goldie, one that was released in An America Extra. That's where I first found out about this, and it's one which a bunch of companies have enjoyed and tons of people have liked because it's one of those mangas that has stood the test of time for how weird it is. It's a shoujo series involving a girl who wants to be a prince. Yes, we're talking about revolutionary girl Utena. Is it good? Is it bad? And is Choo Choo really the greatest mascot ever? Well, I'll tell you my thoughts next week. Again, thank you all for listening. I love doing this and recommending manga to each and every one of you. It's one of my favorite things I do. And hearing from all of you gives me the strength to keep going on because I love this. And I'm going to keep reviewing until I'm an old man who has to read big print manga or has to read it with a huge magnifying glass. So with that in mind, I am your host, Zan. I'm Gonsville. I'll catch you guys next time. And keep reading manga. See you later.